Welcome to the Mycotoxin Matters podcast from Alltech Mycotoxin Management. As mycotoxins present an ever-increasing threat to livestock production, join us as we discuss these impacts and potential solutions, sustainable farming, and our vision for a planet of plenty. Hi, and welcome to this edition of the Mycotoxin Matters podcast. My name is Nick Adams, Global Director for Alltech's Mycotoxin Management team. And today we're going to take a look at uh, some of the key elements and areas that have been the focus of research uh, in recent decades, what is on the table today and where things may go in the future when we think about uh, what's really helped us to understand mycotoxins and their impact on animals uh, in more detail. Joining me today for the conversation is Dr. Alex Yannikuris and Dr. Manoj Kuchapoji. Uh, both of whom uh, work with Alltech's uh, research group, Alex directing uh, the research within the uh, toxicology division, including mycotoxins, and Manoj uh, working within uh, that division alongside Alex. Uh, Manoj, Alex, you're very welcome to the podcast today. Hello, Nick. Hey, Nick. Alex, maybe we could start with yourself and you know when we think about mycotoxin research it's been something that you have been synonymous with uh, for the past couple of decades or so and i wonder if you can just give us a quick overview of what you've seen uh, during that time yes absolutely nick um i think that yeah it is uh, almost a passion for me uh, as i've uh, started uh, with a, a PhD on, on mycotoxins and uh, uh, kept on going in the same topic for uh, more than 20 years now. So yeah, I would describe it really as a passion right now. Um, that's very interesting because we've seen things evolving uh, uh, quite a bit, uh, but uh, there has been always uh, uh, many areas of investigation. And I think that we tried along those 20 years to touch on those different areas. Will it be on the animal side that has been for years, the core and the emphasis of our research, try to really understand the impact of mycotoxins on animal performances, but also within that in vivo work, starting to develop models uh, within in order to better understand either what was the impact on the zootechnical, what are the consequences of those toxins on the zootechnical side, but also what is the trafficking, uh, the distribution of those mycotoxins, and going more in depth into pharmacokinetics, ADME types of investigation in order again to understand that a little bit better and to investigate also appropriate mitigation types of solutions. These models were quite interesting, but uh, they were also uh, uh, using some of the advancements that have been made uh, in terms of in vitro ex vivo models that were done along the years. And that's also an area that has been quite interesting in order to understand truly the mode of action of those mycotoxins, as well as uh, to tag along those, the mode of action of uh, potential mitigation strategies. So to name a few, uh, we have cell culture systems that have been used, which are quite interesting because you can actually increase your statistical e output 
and kept uh, the experiment uh, uh, quite uh, quite small uh, without having to go into very large animal experimentation. So it saves a bit in the use of the animals and it really enables you to tackle a very precise type of mechanism. So we are still using this type of model, but I think that we're making them evolve a little bit into something that tries to be a little bit more realistic. And, and that's why also we focused our attention on ex vivo models, which means that we are either taking a tissue from a specific compartment of the animal and trying to subject it to toxins uh, and try to also understand what we can do on the mitigation side. Finally, uh, we also looked at uh, uh, computational types of approach, so uh, 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 things that are done in a computer in order to further screen uh, the conformation of those mycotoxins and how well we can also interact with those particular toxins. So merging those different areas, uh, merging also with uh, the classical in vitro biochemical assays, we can start understanding better what mycotoxins are doing, but also starting to understand better and develop the models that are appropriate to investigate further their mitigations. Thanks, Alex. It's interesting you, you talk about some of those different approaches. Do you think that any of those approaches or or sort of particular models within them stand out in terms of being key advancements, you know, more important in, in allowing us to get to our level of understanding as it is today? Yeah, I mean, we cannot talk about those models if we hadn't seen a fantastic breakthrough in analytics. I mean, really the analytical side of, uh, of things, being able to measure, to quantify uh, those toxins and especially mycotoxins, uh, to be able to uh, go uh, into the quantification of hundreds of different types of mycotoxins has really been the key in order to really progress on those areas. I mean, it is valid for the in vitro side as much as it is valid for the in vivo side. Being able to do the proper quantification when you're performing, for example, by chemical assay in order to evaluate binding properties of mitigation solutions to the toxins has been fundamental in our understanding and in our advancements in terms of uh, being able to provide solutions that will uh, be uh, 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 that will be uh, able to interact with that variety of mycotoxins that we are encountering so i think that that uh, to add to that, another layer has been also to try to better understand the occurrence of those mycotoxins. Uh, and uh, as such, developing uh, methods that are uh, enabling us to, to track those and uh, uh, efficient methods that are enabling us to perform an absolute quantification has really been uh, a, a key to, to, to those advancements. To, to name uh, uh, some of those, uh, the 37 plus method that we put together uh, more than 10 years ago that has now uh, been uh, uh, adapted uh, across several of our own laboratories uh, that are investigating now more than 50 different mycotoxins in feed, uh, will it be ingredients or complete feed, is really something that has enabled us to better understand what are the mycotoxins that are important, 
what are the ones that we need to investigate and that make sense in the specific field of agriculture and what are those that we should pay more attention in terms of either mitigating or uh, in terms of having an impact in our animal production systems. Excellent, Alex. Manoj, maybe if if we can bring you into the conversation now, you also did your uh, postgraduate work in the area of mycotoxins and you use some interesting approaches uh, during that work. I wonder if you can touch on those and some of the learnings that we found from them. Yeah, uh, thank you, Nick. Thank you. Uh, I worked under Alex. Uh, my PhD work was mainly characterizing this polymer. Initially, the work was started, um, how does it work? We have the data in vitro data and we evaluate this product using the isotherms. Can we extend this approach and really see these effects at a different level? So in my PhD works, I looked at the different aspect of this polymer, looking at the polymer size, polymer functional groups, its morphology, surface area, or the surface, and the porous properties of those products. Um, I used a light scattering um, instrument to determine the, the molecular size of those polymers. And the functional groups were determined by the FTIR. It's one of the fantastic instrument. Uh, FTIR stands for Fourier Transferred Infrared. What we get from this is the functional groups present and that is available for interaction with different mycotoxins. So for the morphology of the product, we used uh, tandem electron microscopy and scanning electron microscopy. We can really see at the minute level how the structure relate with the adsorption properties of those product. And even we use the nitrogen sorption porosity meter where we can determine the porous in, in those product. And this really helped to convey the message that this product is something different from other products. And to extend that, we did some physiological impl implication of those in vitro studies using the myography. And this is um, one I was really interested in because we all know that ergot alkaloids are, are one of the mycotoxins that cause uh, muscle contraction. So when we add the product in the diet, that we say that it re reduces the bioavailability, we want to know, does it really does that? So when we add this ergot alkaloid to muscles, we saw that there is a muscle contraction, but in the presence of these products, the muscle contraction was dramatically reduced. And that we used for modeling to determine how much of product is required to reduce the adsorption, reduce the toxic property by 50%. Uh, it is it's a fantastic work in my PhD work, Nick. And interesting there, Manoj, how you use the different techniques, uh, I suppose, to understand the, the challenge from lots of different angles to to try and bring then the the whole project uh, together yeah yeah nick um i think that's one of the best way to even going before into the in vivo study we are showing what it exactly does at ex vivo levels yeah so using the different steps of the uh of the the models and the research tools available to us um before moving into those those final studies with the animals. Uh, Alex, m maybe then coming back to you, what do you see then 
might be some of the key areas of focus for the next 10 years? Yeah, that that's um, that's uh, an important question. Uh, I think that's a uh, we can go for for a couple of hours on on that particular one. Um, I think that there are still some some questions that we haven't been able to 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 answer along the years. Some of those questions were there from the beginning. I remember uh, during the early days of the World Mycotoxin Forum, I think that was the first or the second edition, we were still talking about finding uh, 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 specific biomarkers of mycotoxin, and we still don't have those biomarkers. So I think that there is more work to do on that side. The other thing that we were talking about was synergies. And Again, this is an area uh, where we haven't uh, seen that much uh, investigation. I think that that's an area where we are starting to progress quite a bit. We see more work and we are also personally doing more studies that are involving multiple contamination that are changing a little bit the way that we are approaching the toxic impact because it enables us also to study more chronic uh, uh, types of contamination, lower concentrations that are more realistic actually with what we are encountering in the field. So so on that side, it is already something that is being done, but we need more in order to try to understand better what's the impact of those synergies, uh, what uh, are the consequences of having multiple mycotoxin present at the same time uh, in uh, the diet of those animals. Uh, I think we are seeing uh, um, some work coming also on the side of emerging mycotoxins. Of course, the denomination uh, emerging is only good until there is enough work that has studied those mycotoxins. But I think that that's an area that we're seeing and that we've seen in the last five years progress with their characterization first using analytical tools such as mass spectrometry, but now trying to understand what those toxins that we didn't pay attention before are doing to the animal and can they explain sometimes uh, the issues and uh, the consequences uh, uh, that we're seeing at the at the animal level. So again, a lot of work that has been done on, on, on that side and more work to be coming uh, on, on that particular area. There is also, I think, uh, if we're looking at some of the uh, recent presentations that were done, again, at the World Mycotoxin Forum in Parma, we see also some old mycotoxins that are being revived. I mean, some of those can be part of metabolic pathways of uh, uh, toxins that we focused for years, such as aflatoxin, for example, and they can be present in quite uh, 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 relevant amounts, actually, and can also have an impact. And again, it goes back to studying also the interactions between those mycotoxins. So other areas that are of interest, of course, it's uh, the big data side. I mean, we've uh, generated uh, uh, not only Altec, but the scientific community at large, and also the industry, a huge amount of data that is really helping us in understanding better the occurrence of mycotoxin. I think the next step is really to use this type of data into machine learning system in order to be able to start forecasting actually uh, the mycotoxin occurrence, which will enable us to be a little bit more in advance in order to try to find appropriate mitigation and appropriate solutions and not just being uh, uh, retroactively trying to cope with the consequences of those contaminations. 
Another area that I see that is coming also is the area of, of course, sustainability. We need to talk about the impact of mycotoxins on uh, 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 the uh, animal production system and indirectly what those mycotoxins are doing in terms of the performances and the impact of those animal production will ultimately have consequences on uh, carbon emission, on methane emission, et cetera, et cetera. So this is an area that we've started investigating uh, using uh, the entire set of studies that we've produced along the years. And just as a reminder, I think that we have close to uh, uh, 200 studies almost published uh, work that now we are using in order to build those meta-analyses in order to further understand globally to bring that statistical level to another level and be able to further extend our analysis to the impact of those uh, 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 of those mycotoxin on the uh, 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 sustainability side. Finally, I think that uh, uh, if we have done also quite a bit of work on those areas, if we've seen uh, uh, quite a number of investigations there happening, uh, there is also quite a number of omics approaches that are being used now that are enabling us to further understand that mode of action of mycotoxins and in turn mode of action of mitigation strategies. To name a few, uh, genomics, uh, uh, nutrigenomics, metabolomics, proteomics, and evaluating also the environmental impact, uh, the exposome, uh, as have been key words uh, in the last few years uh, for the next step of investigations that uh, that uh, that are being conducted. If I can add to that, I think that uh, it is also time for us now to explore more and understand more the relationships between mycotoxin and gut health. Those are two areas that are uh, connected uh, uh, and uh, as such also the impact of mycotoxins on the pathogenesis of viruses or bacterial diseases, and uh, for example, uh, try to also understand why vaccination campaigns and therapy are failing because we have this type of issue happening in the field. So I think in, in, a, in a nutshell, these are some of the directions that we are seeing uh, 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 the scientific community focusing on. And uh, as we are part of this community, Altec is also quite involved in those different areas. I think the only thing that we need to remember is how much of food safety uh, we can have versus food insecurity. It's always a, a balance between those two. Uh, we cannot eradicate mycotoxin issue. There are levels that are safe, there are levels that have consequences, but I think that we can manage a, all those if we have a correct uh, 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 risk assessment approach uh, for those mycotoxins. I, I think, Alex, in a nutshell, uh, what I take from that is that there's still plenty of work to do. Um, it's uh, it, it's really interesting to see how all of those, um, you know, the, the concept ultimately, as you said, is that mycotoxins are not going anywhere. Um, and yet the tools we have now are allowing us to dive a lot deeper you know, in understanding them 
and and their consequences we've always talked about mycotoxins as being predisposing factors for many things and and what you're saying there with the the different approaches that we have available to us is that we can start to understand those things in in a lot more detail so you know there's a lot of i suppose exciting opportunities in this area uh, moving forward um manoj maybe sort of coming back to you for the last question then as somebody who is involved in mycotoxin research you know on a daily basis how do you think some of these things you know change or will change what you're doing on a daily basis yeah nick in india we have a lot of going on um, mycotoxin work especially on the animal side what we do is we try to grow these fungal cultures in the lab especially the fusarium culmorum and fusarium graminarium in the rice media and we analyze this using 37 plus when we analyze we have noticed there is a lot of different mycotoxin present in that media when the birds are exposed to this media we have observed the compromise in the gut health and when we added microsoft a plus in the diet this ill health the toxic effects has been reversed when the diet was supplemented with eselwort the inclusion of 0.2 kg per ton uh, supported the animal health which is indicated by the integrity of the mucosal morphology in the small intestine it also supported greater gobet cell concentration it uh, improved the liver function and also increased the butyrate level in the hide gut supporting the better productivity in addition when diet fortified with the additional bioactive compounds additional compositional nutrition nutritional attributes some plasma parameters and gut physiology was also improved actually we are working on strategic formulation of e-selvol extract that could be applied to the diet of broiler chicken to optimize the performance when the birds are exposed to naturally occurring contaminated fusarium mycotoxin challenge manoj thanks for that uh, it, it it's interesting to see then how you you're, you're building on some of those models alex manoj uh, really appreciate your time today there's a lot of I think useful information there as we've sort of taken that journey through the past, the present, and and a little look into the future when it comes to mycotoxin research. And and clearly, you know, we're really probably only at the tip of the iceberg as we get to understand more about the different types of mycotoxins that we're seeing because of the breaks breakthroughs in analysis. Now it opens up that door about saying, well, okay, how do we now understand the impacts of all these different uh, mycotoxins? So really appreciate your time and uh, hope to have you back on Mycotoxin Matters in the future. Thank you, Nick. Well, thank you, Nick. We hope you enjoyed listening today and look forward to you joining us next time on the Mycotoxin Matters podcast. For more information on the topics discussed, please visit nomycotoxins.com. That's K-N-O-W mycotoxins.com.